give effect to um, this uh, notion that I think you guys are also struggling for the ability to have participation and a say um, not only in how much kilometers are charged by but more importantly how much you're able to earn and the conditions under which uh, what you are earning uh, you are able to generate good evening to you and welcome Good evening, Ayabonga. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My brother, talk to me about, I guess, uh, and I think many of our listeners would be familiar with your struggles over the last while. It was May Day yesterday, Workers' Day. Um, and for you, when you look at what has been achieved, uh, what has been achieved, and more importantly, what still remains unfinished, outstanding business for yourselves? I think let's establish two principles because, you know, as we engage in the digital economy, mm. there's a convergence between tech and society. Sure. So let the first principle be tech for humanity. Oh. We need technology to aid the human endeavor. We need technology that will move society forward. Principle two, the love of South Africa and its people is not the hate of any other nation. It is purely and justly the love of South Africa and its people. And let me tell you why I established the second principle. What we're beginning to learn within this digital economy is that the private sector and these tech-based companies are exploiting um, undocumented migrant workers. And till we address this matter, we are not going to see a situation whereby we see a healthy economy emerge. We're not going to see healthy business participation or local business participation emerge as long as there is an an, an excessive amount of, mm. uh, of, uh, of migrant labor that is available, or even to the extent to say availing itself to being exploited, Ayabonga. Well, of course, I, I mean, uh, that availing yourself to be exploited is because there is no alternative for you to survive. And I think it's more compulsion to, uh, you are compelled to go and self-exploit mm. or, or go there because the alternatives are, are too ghastly to contemplate. Talk to me about, you know, something, the first principle you spoke about is this relationship between technology, technological platforms, and society. Uh, because in many ways, I mean, it's not unique to yourselves in the e-hailing sector. Uh, if one takes domestic work, uh, we must also ask, what, what, what has the implication been of platforms, for instance, like Sweep South, um, in creating a digital interface uh, between those who employ people engaged in domestic work and, of course, many of those who are working at considerable risk to themselves in some cases um, in many of our homes? I think what's embedded within this, this digital economy is a, is a societal sort of revolution where we need to become more intentional about the sort of impact we want to see brought about within society. So, you know, we must be intentional about how technology then impacts everybody from the e-hailer to the domestic worker, even the hawker, because, mm. you know, we've we got to make sure that we, 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 we harness the, the, the inclusive growth, no man left behind ideology that has long been spoken of by politicians, but we actually need to see it sort of giving itself a platform of expression within society. Now, is it possible? Yes. What we're learning from technology and, and how we are made, able to engage across the continent, across the country, across the globe, is that there is potential for societies on a small scale and even on a large scale to sort of transform themselves and, put, and, 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 and be inclusive and make sure that the sort of economic growth they want to see realized is then realized. But we must be intentional by ensuring that the technology being deployed does so. I say this because when you see the current circumstance, it is now being more characterized as some type of algorithmic authoritarian mm. role. 
Whereby hold, we hold the line there. Hold, hold the line there for me for a second. I've got a spot break coming up, but I don't want us to talk about such a big thing like algorithmic management of the workplace uh, and not be able to expand on it because we have to quickly go to a break. So let's take the break now, uh, and then when we come back, I want you to unpack what that is and, uh, of course, bigger parts of the surveillance of the workplace, uh, which uh, we'll pick up after this. Tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. We'd love to hear some of your thoughts. Give us a shout. We are out on 089-110-3377. 089-110-3377. Do you have democracy in your workplace? Glenda Osebenza Goyo. Because we always agitate and say, you know, Intando, yes, means my back corner. But we often extend the same to the workplace. And um, we talk about that tonight uh, because in many ways, I guess... Um, you know, in some cases, it might be your employer who unilaterally determines the terms on which you are employed. Or in some cases, it might be an amorphous platform. Go to IIndimi algorithm. Uh, and increasingly, we're seeing uh, that type of surveillance. It might be a biometric as you go into the workplace uh, and uh, you put your finger in. And if they find you are three minutes late on most days, spatial planning, apartheid spatial design means, you know, you can't control uh, at what time your taxi might drop you off. Um, you get to the workplace four times, a bit late, two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes here, um, and already that triggers a disciplinary process. How do we engage with that? How do we make sense of that? Uh, how do you make sense of the ability for you to work being based on somebody giving you a rating? And All of those are very much part of uh, the growing surveillance of the workplace, and we ask what implications does that have for workplace democracy and the ability of workers to have a say uh, in not only what they're paid, but uh, the conditions under which they work. Joined on the line by Batukam Belengwa. He is with uh, the uh, uh, e-hailing sector and uh, uh, very much part of uh, a lot of the agitations we've seen in that part of the world in the last while. And uh, Batuka, before we went to the break, I guess you were talking about the role of the algorithmic management of the workplace. So just unpack that for us. All right, Ayabonga. Essentially, you know, your, your, your app-based companies refer to us as independent contractors. Mm. But our workplace is then dictated to us by an algorithm. It tells us where to work. It tells us what rate we will work at. It tells us where it's best for us to be productive, which then completely takes away the independence within being an independent contractor. Mm. So that's our first principle, tech for humanity. It should be built to then empower me to then give direction to the sort of workplace and environment 